This is a month of super abundance. Yay, we all love abundance, am I right? Yes, every single one of us. More, 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 you know, more cake, more good stuff, right? More presents under the tree, super abundance, right? More of more good stuff. You know that Vente coffee that you can get if you're a coffee lover? More, more, more. So God has given us a few scriptures tonight to go over, and God and pastors have given us a few scriptures. I'm, I'm following uh, their lead, and they've asked me to speak about what would I do, uh, what is something that I would give my last cookie for? What would I give my last cookie for? So that's a pleasant thought, a last cookie. I don't know, when I think about a last cookie, I think that temptation not to give my last cookie. It's, it's just like an immediate response that comes up on the inside when you think there's only one cookie left. And if it's a good cookie, you know, I might be thinking, how can I negotiate to at least get half of that last cookie? So maybe you're a lot more holy than I am, right? But when I think about the last cookie, that's what, that's what I think about, right? This is going to require something of me to give my last cookie. There's going to be a bit of a challenge in this, okay? So, so tonight, really, I don't have a lot of notes. I'm hoping to really just share some of my own testimony and, and my life um, with you. And so agree with me for just the leading of the Holy Spirit, because I'm really just kind of counting on him. I don't necessarily do that, share a lot of my life. I mean, I try to live, you know, transparently, but you know how that goes, right? So, so I'm, uh, I'm just hoping to be a blessing. I'm hoping to be a blessing. So, hallelujah. So thank you, Lord. Glory to God, truly, 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 Lord. You're so good. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory. Okay, so the first ver uh, scripture that we're going to look at is a really familiar one, and it's in Malachi 3. I don't want to apologize for starting with the verse on tithing. All right, so, but um, we're going we're gonna to just go there and hop into that verse and have a look. So if you have your Bible or your phone uh, your iPad, some kind of device, or maybe you could share with a friend. If you could just go to Malachi 3, that would be wonderful. And we're going to not read the whole, um, the whole section there from 1 to 12, but I'm going to skip right down to verse 10. Thank you, Jesus. We all love this, okay? We, we just love this verse. I don't know about you, but when I heard about tithing, I love this. Verse 10, it says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. Right? Bring the tithe, which is 10% of your earnings, 10% of what comes to you. The Lord is asking us to bring the tithe. Hallelujah. And then we love this part. I love this part. I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in, exclamation mark. I love when the Bible has punctuation that emphasizes, just in case we didn't get it, my translation has an exclamation mark, that he will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. And 
I, when Pastor Tina and I were talking about this, I wanted to get out of this session, to be honest, because I, I said, I don't, I don't really have a testimony. You know, um, no one ever gave me a brand new car, you know, and so she kind of like gave me a good talking to, right? And I, and I cried, right? Just thinking, yes, God is so good. He's so faithful, right? So um, I'm going to kind of share a little bit of my story about what happened when I read this verse. And um, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. You can't read this verse without reading um, verse 8, where it says, Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me, exclamation mark. That's God talking. But you ask, meaning we ask the Lord, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? And the Lord says, you have cheated me out of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. And then the beloved verse following that, you know, verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you. We love that, but we can't just take part of scripture, right? We have to deal with the verses that come before that where the Lord sternly spoke to his beloved people, his prized possession as he referred to the nation of Israel, his special treasure. So he didn't stop loving when he chastised and pointed out that they had neglected to do something that they had already been instructed to do. So as long as we don't understand tithing, then we're not really being held to that if we don't know. So maybe shouldn't have come tonight. If you've never heard about tithing before, you can plug your ears, and I would say it's too late to leave now because we've already started the conversation. So, so when I first heard this, you know, back in the day, right, I... Um, didn't really know very much about tithing at all. Um, I do know that I really desired, and I was a lot of fear motivated in my desire, but I desired to follow the Lord. I really wanted to do what he asked me to do, right? Still to this day, I find myself sometimes, sometimes saying, Lord, if you would just tell me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. I don't know if any of you have ever felt that way. <laughs> where you're like, Lord, just could you just send me a like neon sign? You know, I can't help think about the movie Bruce Almighty where he was asking for a sign and he got hit by a truck because he just wasn't paying attention, right? So, I mean, this is pretty clear, right? This is a clear indication of how the Lord wants us to live our life. And I love how he included that we have cheated the tithes and the offering, right? The 10% and the over and above when God does something good, make an offering, give an offering. Right. So when I first heard this, uh, I thought, whoa, this sounds mega serious. Like, yeah, Darian, like I don't want to be on the wrong side of God's will concerning this. Right. So what do I do? I can't just pretend I didn't hear that because now I'm accountable for what I've heard. Right. So I've I've heard this. So I I went and spoke to the most spiritual people that I knew at the time, which was Pastor Tina and Pastor Ian, and I said, you know, what, what's with this, right? And so, you know, they enlightened me in terms of this notion of giving God 10%. And, you know, back in the day, we didn't really have a lot. So 10%, it felt like it was hard to give, 
Um, because, you know, 10% is 10%, right? So you got 10 bucks, you got to give a dollar, all of a sudden you have nine. Somehow $9 doesn't feel like very much when you give the $1 away. So, um, but still, uh, we knew this. And so um, I remember going to Dom, my husband, and I am guilty of this, okay? When the Lord asks me to do something, I very conveniently choose then to submit to my husband in those moments, okay? When I'm not sure. Look, I can't even stand straight talking about it, right? So I went to him and I said, hey, like, look at this, right? And uh, God bless him, honestly. He looked at it and he said, wow, wow, we should do that. <laughs> and so we did. It was pretty simple really uh, just hearing that this is something that God wanted us to do. Now, I, I, I wish I could say to you that I had like, you know, rocket ship faith, right? Where I just thought, oh, wow, we're going to tithe and we are going to experience super abundance, you know? I, I, we hoped for that, but we genuinely just wanted to do what God asked us to do. And like I said, I'm not trying to pat myself on the shoulder because a lot of my motivation being a Ramatech, right, I totally understand, was fear-based, right? I wanted to do it because, whoa, God said to do it, and so that's something that we should do. I wish that it was, oh, I just love you so much, Lord, that if you've shown me something, I am going to run at the task of completing that. And I think I thought that then. I do think it was like, Lord, I, we want to honor you, but I know that some of it was fear. I don't know how much further down the road I am, than that, I, I think I've progressed. I think that's everyone's story here, right? Everyone's story here is that you desire with your whole heart, just looking around the room and knowing so many of you, you desire so desperately to honor the Lord and to bless him and to obey. And I, I just, um, I'm not even sure what I'm asking the Lord to do here, you know, except to just share this story about how good it is to obey God, right? How wonderful it is, how faithful he is, and how trustworthy he is. Because honestly, we can say that after we started tithing, um, things didn't change. Well, I can't remember exactly the date because this was like 25 years ago, right? So I don't really know exactly how fast things started happening, but it seemed like for a long time, nothing happened, right? It just seemed like for a long time, we were paying our tithe, right? And we didn't really notice, you know, I mean, we lived in a relatively new house, so we couldn't really give a testimony of things not breaking down because, you know, right? So now, oddly enough, we're challenged with some things breaking down, and we're having to say, okay, we need to activate our faith in the area of this, right, this promise that God's given to us, right? But, you know, we did see uh, Dom, and, you know, this is so much his testimony, and he, he's given part of it here before, but um, he wanted to leave his full-time employment, right, and venture out into starting his own business, which was a big deal for him because he came from a family that was very much a GM factory family, right? You know, back in the day where you worked at one place for a long time, right? And that's where your pension was going to be. And so, you know, Dom, that was the mindset that he had too. He was going to work at Tefasco for 
the, the rest of his life, basically, and retire. And so he felt this calling to kind of step out and do something uh, on his own. Now, I, I'm going to go all over the place, so that's uh, just the way it is, okay? So, because I want to say uh, also the importance of partnership, because because um, I'm going to read you a scripture about partnership where Jacob uh, made a deal with God about uh, God doing his part and then Jacob would do his part and they came into partnership together. Well, marriage is very much like that, right? Where Adam was feeling this, this thing to step out and start a business, and I know he's listening to me right now because he's at home. I don't think he can see me, but he can hear me on Facebook, right? Facebook Live, hi, Dom. And Adriana, who started a new job this week and she can't come. So anyway, so um, yay, Jesus. So anyways, so he stepped out and he said to me, what do you think, right? And of course I'm like, yeah, absolutely. See, because my heritage was my parents had a business and that was normal. So a lot of what you grow up with is kind of what you're stuck with, right, as an adult, right? So I'm like, why would you want to stay in one place for the rest of your life, you know? So, but let's pray and ask the Lord, right? So we did, we prayed and we felt to do this, and then God did like a ridiculous series of things that confirmed because Dom needed like triple X confirmation before he stepped out and did anything, right? Which I'm not making fun of him um, because it's good, right? So it's really, really good. So because of Dom, while we were tithing, we would literally end the year with nothing. We, we'd, we'd have no debt, but we would owe nothing. We wouldn't have extra right? We literally were doing good, but there was no gravy, okay? So we started tithing, and uh, yeah, about, let's just say in that first year that Dom stepped out, he tripled his income in that first year, okay? <laughs> literally just tripled his income. So, and then we had, at the time, about $75,000 on our mortgage. And I really don't even care about numbers, so it's kind of ridiculous of me sharing this, but it's okay. <laughs> because, um, so a really, really cool thing happened because God is his way of confirming, right? We got our uh, mortgage paper when we we'd kind of made our last payment, you know, and 75000 might not sound like a lot in these days because people are used to ridiculous school tuition loans and things like that, right? And people are borrowing, right, Dave? Just tons and tons of money, right, to pay for mortgage. Right? But it was a big deal then, right? So um, anyways, when we got our mortgage papers sent to us saying paid in full, signed by... And the fellow who signed the document saying that we were released from our mortgage because it was paid, his name was Jesus, right? Right? Like, I can't remember the guy's last name, but it was the Royal Bank of Canada, Jesus so-and-so from the Toronto office, right? And it was, and Dom shared this before. I know he one time brought the document and it was on the screen um, within, you could see it. And I meant to bring it tonight, but we couldn't, it was buried somewhere, so... Um, anyways, but it's just a little story, okay? It's a little story about the faithfulness of God, right? It's a coincidence, you might say, but as we just, like, 
I would say that I'm a pretty simple person, right? And, you know, as we just simply endeavor to follow him, lots of times not even really understanding what we're doing, to be truthful, right? Lots of times not really even for certain knowing, you know, whether we should go right or we should go left. And if it weren't for this, we would be totally lost, right? But if we can find it in the word, then we have some stability to stand on. But a lot of times following the Holy Spirit doesn't always, it doesn't necessarily feel like you're actually tethered to anything, right? A lot of times it feels like you might be lost at sea, you know, just to be honest, you know, and you go through different seasons and things, right? And then stuff happens and you're not sure. It might cause you to wonder about whether tithing is really worth it. But I just want to encourage you that it is. It really, really is. It's really, really worth it. And then the next verse I want to go to is Genesis 28, 20, and 22. If you want to just flip there, you don't really have to, but I, I'll read it to you. And it's basically Jacob talking to God. And he's, he's sort of saying, or he's actually not talking to God, but he says, if God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing... And if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. So you, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a template, or I'm not sure what the word is, but an example to us of going into partnership with God, right? Where God does his part, and then we do our part, which is the tithe, right? And worship which is a form of worship. Tithing is a form of worship, right? Kind of feels funny to call it that, right? But because really everything is God. 100% is God's, right? 100%. Everything that we have, if I didn't have the Lord right now, I would just be a puddle on the ground, right? He sustains me. All of it is his, right? But we do give the 10% and above that, right? And we, we worship the Lord with our giving. And just, you know, this idea of partnership. When, he set, when Dom set out on this business, which, you know, we said was our family, our family business, and this is where I just really want to encourage people who are married um, I just really want to encourage people who are married because I actually want to go somewhere with the scripture, which I think I will. Um, but first, I want, to, I want to talk about when we first set out, we actually called the business because we had to incorporate, right? So we called it Jads, Inc., right? Which is Jesus, Jenny, Adriana. I'm looking. Oh, no. Jesus, Julia. No. Jesus, Jenny, Julia. <laughs> Adriana and Dominic. Okay, so that was when we had first started out, and that's kind of what Dom came up with as a, as a little acronym for our business, right? Or this partnership. And I guess the story I want to say about the business and the partnership, again, just really tooting God's horn. Has anybody done contract work here? Any contract workers? Anybody that, yeah, Garth? Anybody else? Or else everyone else has salary? Alt. So if you've ever done contract work, you know that your contract is going to run up, right? And you need to renew that contract. Otherwise, you don't have, you don't have 
you don't have a pension, you're not an employee, right? So you basically get paid whatever your contract is and that's it. There's no unemployment insurance, right? Because you're, you're, you're self-employed, right? So, so renewing a contract at our house was always a big deal because we, that's, that was the continuity of our income. Because one of the things that we... Okay, I'm going to stay focused. So renewing the contract was super duper important for us. And I don't know, over the last 20 years, we've had some uh, economic dips in our economy, haven't we, right? I mean, you might not remember Y2K, for example. That was a huge thing around the 2000, where the, you know, the whole fear around the world just collapsing because computers couldn't handle the change in the millennium, right? And so I guess whatever happened, whatever happened in the economy, we always kept our contracts. We always renewed the contract. Always, always, always. Now, it sounds like, you know, isn't that great? But there's times where you're faced with the possibility that you're not going to have any more work. So if some of you are self-employed, you understand that you're kind of doing the work and getting the customers at the same time, right? And it can feel like it's a dry time and nothing's happening. But that's not a kingdom reality. That's fear talking or our emotions talking or the news talking or your neighbor talking, right? God forbid that it would be your spouse talking or you talking to your spouse, okay? Because in the end of the day, you have to believe what God says if you're going to live an abundant life. There's no other way around it. It often does not look good. It often looks like a terrible scenario is in front of you, like Pastor Ian would say, when I look ahead, I see mountains, but I end the day looking back and it's all flat land behind me, right? But when you're heading out, it seems difficult. And so there were so many times where Dom would come to me and he would say, but you know what, this is, this is kind of it. They're saying that they can't, they can't renew. And we'd watch them cut back to 50 contractors, you know, 25, 10, and he would always be the last remaining contractor standing. Always, 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 always. Literally, he would be the last contractor they have and then things would pick up and then they'd start hiring again. And he, he, would, never, he would never skip a beat, really, in 25 years of contract work, right? So lots of times calling on that partnership, right? It very often was, okay, Lord, what is your promise? A simple verse like we go from glory to glory has a lot of mileage in it, right? Even when you're applying it to your finances, that's the promise that the Lord has made to us. So often we would say that is impossible for us. It is impossible. Now, it was easier for me because I wasn't on the front line. Dom's, you know, out there dealing on the front line, hearing the bad reports, right? And he'd come back and say, right, Dom? <laughs> He'd come back and he'd say, you know, the situation, and I'd say, no, because they would try and say, you need to take a cut and pay. It'd be like, no, not, not happening. Or you need to come on salary. No more contract. Because the way Dom, the way the Holy Spirit inspired Dom to set out his contract way back was to get paid by the hour, which is almost unheard of. He's in the IT business, by the way. He's a computer um, IT person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Okay, I had a dumb blonde joke there, but I am not going to say it. So anyways, um, so he, he's just always, always experienced increase. Always experienced increase. Always experienced increase. Because we would just not allow there to be another option, right? We would just say, no, that's not happening. Like, you don't need a lot of language to communicate a commitment in your heart towards honoring the Lord, right? That is not happening. So whatever it is that you're facing, whether it's financial or maybe it's relationship or health-related, right? Drawing a line in the sand is what gets us the victory every single time. If you need to step back and remove yourself from the front line so you don't feel the heat, then create a buffer, but don't abandon the word because you feel uncomfortable. Because God will back what he says every single time. That's our experience. That's been our experience. It's been, you know, Dom has a testimony, and I think he's given that testimony about the crack in his back at a couple vertebrae that were literally cracked. And he, he was in, you know, excruciating pain for a lot of our life, right, where he'd be in a fetal position because he couldn't even move. And, and the guy is extremely fit. You would not even know that he had a back problem. And he doesn't anymore. He's been healed. He's been completely healed of that because he refused. He would just say, as the Bible says, the crooked shall be made straight. He found a verse that applied, right? The crooked will be made straight because he also had a, a scoliosis in his back, right? So he had a curved spine and a couple broken and the valleys will be filled in. That's that scripture. I don't know the reference, but he was referring to the cracks in his vertebrae as the valleys that would be filled in. So for years, he would confess that. Now he was diligent, right? Like he would make sure he did his stretches and he would do everything in the natural that he knew to do, right? So in the natural, we give a tithe, we give an offering. We might not feel like it's really doing anything. We're not even sure. Our emotions might be screaming at us or somebody needs something in our family. But yet we just honor the Lord and we do what he asks us to do. That's just plain and simple, right? So, okay, so yay, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, so I want to just... Um, this is a good point to, to uh, mention Deuteronomy 8.18. You've all heard this. I'm sure most of you have heard this. It is the Lord who gives you power to get wealth, right? Because that's just the truth, right? If you look at Solomon, okay, he was a prince. But you know what? We have to have an understanding that so are we. So are we. Yes, he was a prince. But he asked the Lord for something, and God gave it to him, and it included wealth. He didn't ask for wealth, but God gave him the power to get wealth. That is absolutely one of God's attributes, that he loves us, and he wants to bless us. He wants to give us the things that we desire. So, you know, for many of the men here, you desire, even, you know, many of the women here, you desire to provide for your family, that's one of the desires of your heart, and God understands that, and he wants to give that to you. He wants to answer that. He wants to show himself strong on your behalf, on our behalf. He wants us to give testimony. 
He wants us to talk about how good he is. And that is easy to do looking back. It's not always easy to do when you're in the fire, right? You know, it's easy to do in the fire if we've been abiding in the, abiding in the vine. It's a lot easier to do that. But if we haven't been, then we might feel the heat. But there's grace not to quit, right? There's grace to just obey. If we'll do, you know, just thinking about the in case of emergency card that was handed out to us, I don't know if it was last week or a couple weeks ago, I can't remember. But, you know, I ho- you know, we have extra copies of that if you didn't get one or if you just tucked it away somewhere and you didn't, didn't look at it, which all I was guilty of. I didn't look at it until today. I found it and I thought, oh, wow, that is really good. <laughs> that is amazing. I think we need to talk about that tonight. So, yeah. Okay, there's one last verse I want to go to, and then, then we're done. So the last one is Matthew 19, verse 29. So if we could uh, go there. Hallelujah. Matthew 19, 29. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I'm just going to pray for a second, okay? So, Father, we just thank you, Lord. You can just pray with me in tongues. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, God, you have our attention, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. The verse says, And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. The Lord's talking about sacrifice here, right? He's talking about sacrifice. He's not saying, you know, everyone who gives up their brothers, they can't stand. Right? You know? Or property that's just a junker and you want to get rid of anyways because it's costing you a fortune. Okay? He's talking about things that are dear to us. I don't think he just meant what's on the list here. He's talking about things that are dear to us. Everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake... He's not saying that we have to give up these things. He's not saying give up your father, give up your mother, because that would be contrary to one of the commandments, which says honor your mother and father, right? And it will go well for you. But what he's saying here is to give up for his sake. Whatever it is, he is our guide. He's going to speak to our hearts about what it is that we need to do. And we might get to practice on a few things. I remember one time I had to give away a necklace. I can't even for sure say to this day if it was the Lord that asked me to do that, but I had a strong feeling that it might be, and so I did. And it was a little practice for me, you know, getting myself trained in hearing and responding and obeying, right? So anyway, so, um, so he's asking us to give up something that's dear well, he's not even asking us to do it, actually. He's saying when we do do that, right? 
when we do, when we give anything to him, when we give anything for his sake, he promises a hundredfold return. He promises when we do something for him, which makes sense, doesn't it? Because you're all amazing people. If I did something for you, you'd all be falling over. How can I, what can I do in return, right? Somebody dropped something off at my house and I, yesterday I went to my gift closet to try and find what could I give them that I had, right? You know, and so nothing great about me except that God put that on the inside because we reflect his image and, and his likeness. We're just like him. We're made in his image and likeness. He's our dad. We're more like him than we are our natural family, our natural parents. So he's asking us to sacrifice. And if we go back to Genesis, you don't, you don't have to go back there, but back, sorry, to Malachi, the scripture about the tithe, he said um, that their sacrifice was not acceptable, right? They were not giving an acceptable sacrifice. So they were cheating God. They weren't giving him the tithe. They were holding back from God. Is God greedy? Does he lack in any way? Does God need more stuff? Does he need your money? No, because he knows under the earth, right, what's still hidden there, waiting to be mined and discovered, right? He's not lacking in any way. So for our good, he's asked us to hear and obey, right? And then to receive this huge hundredfold blessing in return. So, you know, th this is where I, I sometimes might think, what's my testimony? <laughs> like I said, you know, wine to Pastor Tina. What's my testimony? Um, so I was thinking under her encouragement, <laughs> hallelujah, I was thinking, she goes, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You gave up, you gave up your whole life, basically, for your, for your kids. One of them is sitting here, who's <laughs> super grateful, I'm sure. But... Uh, <laughs> Honestly, I don't, I'm not trying to draw attention, but this is my testimony. This is all I got, okay? So, um, so anyway, so I'm, I'm, I did a little math, okay? And Dom's already done this math many times over, right? And Pastor Ian's laughing over there because he knows. Hopefully you're laughing too, Dom. But <laughs> anyways, um, so... We wanted to sacrifice for the Lord's sake. Now, I'm not saying that everybody needs to do what we did, okay? But um, we were just so in love with Jesus, you know, back in those, your first love, remember? Everybody remember your first love where you felt like, oh my goodness, Lord, I'm so on fire for you, just so passionate, whatever you want, God, right? And then, you know, when you have children, all of a sudden, you know, Pastor Jess... Pastor Alex, you're about to experience this. Everybody who's a parent in the room knows what I'm talking about. Whoa, it just like intensifies this love, right, to, to get it right for these kids, right? That was my experience. Anybody else have that experience here? Yes, right? 
right? Like you'll work ridiculous hours in faraway cities and take two jobs, right? So that you can provide for your kids because you just love them with this fiery, passionate, intense love. And uh, so, so we wanted to um, just raise them up to love the Lord, right? Of course, we weren't really sure how to do that. And I think the truth is, like, I still don't know how to do that, right? Like, now I have adult kids, and I'm scratching my head, you know, looking at other people with adult kids and kind of taking notes, right? <laughs> like, right? So the truth is, right, you're just being led by the Lord, and you're doing what you think he's telling you to do. And so we felt like he was saying that we should homeschool our kids. Well, I felt like we should homeschool our kids. And Dom, the provider, right, it was a little bit uptight about that idea. But what the heck, Julia was in preschool, so I think she was three years old. So, you know, how hard can it be? So we, we just ventured out one year at a time, but there was a loss of income. So... So at the time, I was, pro I was making about $55,000, so that was like 25 years ago. And I was uh, working for the provincial government. I have a master's degree in social welfare policy, and I was really on a career track. Like, I absolutely did not expect at all to be domestic or <laughs> at all. I suffered for many years. It's funny. But I did suffer for a long time because I absolutely knew nothing. And I was with all my homeschool friends who literally were like geniuses in that area. So anyways, um, so blah, blah, blah. We decided to do that. We, and so we basically went from year to year to year homeschooling. So sidebar, I absolutely, even though my background is in social work, but my focus was around policy, I had zero intention of ever doing RAMA. okay? or counseling, or anything that had to do with that. So fortunately, other people, like pastors, are genius, okay? So if I do the math on that, right, $55,000 a year times, let's say, 20 years is a million dollars, $1,100,000, right? So, so I can honestly say that that was worth doing 100%. Because I felt like we were absolutely doing it for the Lord's sake, 100%, 100%. Because we, we wanted to give what we could to raise up a generation that would love and honor him. And I just look at it as seed in the ground, right? And I feel like I'm getting a hundredfold return in unexpected ways. Okay, so this is hard for me to say this part, but I'm going to say it because it's, it's part of the testimony, right? So, so I have two daughters, and one is a doctor, and the other one's a lawyer, right? Okay, so I am not that smart, okay? So I absolutely am not that smart. That's the first time I ever got to share that testimony anywhere, so... I'm, I just know that in this group that it's good and it's okay. And so, um, but 100%, I know they would say that they're not that smart. Right? We're smart people. We're diligent people. But 100%, to do anything that's hard that requires something, right? Like Donna with your sacrifice of, you know, years and years, right? To do that, it is, it, you need the Lord. 
you cannot do these hard things on your own. There's no way. There's just no way. And maybe hard for you because your kids are grown and you're retired. Maybe you've got grandkids that you're believing God for, right? That can be very, I don't have grandkids yet, but I just know what it's like to believe God for my kids, right? That they would find the fullness because now I'm not satisfied with just what they have, right? I want the fullness of God's plan. I don't, I'm not looking for golden handcuffs for my girls, right? I want them to enjoy the same freedom that I've enjoyed. Okay, how does that work, Lord? I don't know, but I'm not going to quit on believing God for everything that the hundredfold includes. And I have had a blessed life, right? I have had a blessed life. Yes, you know, yes. It is not... Because, you know, some of you might be sitting there, and I'm guilty of this sometimes when I listen to people speak, and I think, oh, yeah, well, you had this for a parent, or you had this mentor, or you lived in that country, or, you know what I mean? I don't know if you've probably done that, right? So where you've kind of compared and felt like the, bas- the apples in your basket are all rotten, and someone else has, you know, a great collection of fruit, right? <laughs> so, you know... But I just know that the Bible says that God is not a respecter of persons, right? So I'm in a different season in my life. And um, it's not easier now. It's not. Even though I can look back and go, wow, God, people made fun of me for homeschooling, and I half the time didn't know what I was doing you know, and I remember just being, you know, lots of times distraught over how it was going, you know, not able to kind of see the big picture because you're so much focused on what's happening in your life right now, and you can lose hold of that kingdom reality. But it's not easier. It's great to have fruit It's great to have fruit. It's great, great, great to have fruit in your life. And it's great to have people in your life that are pointing out the fruit when you forget. But it's very easy to forget. Honestly. You know, you get your new house and it becomes history, right? It's now the next hurdle, next mountain you have to climb. It's very easy as you age, right, in the natural to start going, what is that going on in my body, right? That never was there before, right? You know, and we do have an adversary, right, who's constantly speaking. We have a God who promises a superabundant life, right? And we have an enemy. We also have our own flesh that cries out all the time. Unless it's subdued, and it's in its right place. And so I want to just encourage you that you are doing so well. You are doing great. You really are doing great. As I just look around the room, I know sometimes people call me Aunt Jenny, right? So I feel like a little Aunt Jenny anointing, right? Like to just really say to you that you're doing great. 
You, you need to know that, you know? Because I remember one time Kenneth Copeland shared, his grandchild said to him, you know, Papa, how do I know if I'm in the will of God? Like, I just want to know I'm doing the right thing. And he said, if you will to do the will of God, you will do the will of God. If you will to do it, if I want to do that, I will do it. And it's as simple as that. We just stay connected and God will do the work. We just need to stay connected. And when we're not connected, we need to remember that he's not punishing us or wanting to discipline us because we, we left for a while. That's such a temptation. Do you understand? That is a temptation. Some people struggle with maybe alcohol or pornography, you know, spending. There's the temptation to quit. The temptation to wallow in disappointment, right? The temptation to just dwell in things haven't worked out. My goodness, the clock is ticking. I'm still not married. I still haven't had that child. I still haven't had my dream fulfilled. There's a temptation all the time. All the time. I hope this isn't sounding like a negative or a heavy, and you can correct me, pastors, if I'm venturing out into my own muck. <laughs> but the truth is, God is faithful. There's a scripture that says, in the morning, it's in the Psalms, in the morning, I think of your enduring love, and in the evening, I think of your faithfulness. And I think it's perfect, right? Because when we set out in the day or on a new venture and we feel fearful, right? God wants us to remember his enduring love. And then in the evening, if we've done that, if we've thought about him and his love for us, and we've done step number two, which is to receive God's love, like literally stop in your track, open your hands, Father, I receive grace for today. I receive your love. It's done. Like, you're, you're just aligned everything with what God's been asking us to do all along. And then everything shifts and becomes, you know, you might still have the same ache and pain, but you feel different about it. You feel like you are a conqueror. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can I say, I know I'm, I'm kind of over time, aren't I? So I can't even say one more thing. I'll have to come back. <laughs> oh, I just want to say this one thing, okay? I promise I won't take long. It's one short thing, okay? They give me so much grace, honestly. I don't deserve it. Uh, I want you to read as homework. Okay, this is your homework. Go read about the Tower of Babel. Okay, go read about that. Because it says in there that God had to give them different languages because they were so united that nothing would be impossible for them. So all of this is asking for us to be united with him, united with our spouses, united with our business partners, united in this house, right, so that we can experience that super abundance. That's going to be, that's a whole other message, but I just, um, can I pray for people? Or should, uh, of course. Go for it. Do? Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
So, Father, we just thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. You cause everyone to remember their homework, Lord, to go and read about that, Lord God, and to get a revelation because nothing is better than hearing straight from you, Lord. And, Father, we thank you for just your love. Thank you for your love, Lord God, for every single one. Everyone here could stand up and give a testimony. There are some stories here that are even more profound than what I've shared, Lord. And God, we just thank you for that, Lord. Hallelujah. We declare that you're good. And Lord, we receive, Lord, from your hand tonight, Lord, that encouragement that we need to continue or to start again. Father, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. And right now, we declare every plan of the enemy to be null and void of power. In Jesus' name, every assignment that's commissioned against anyone in this house to be void of power in the name of Jesus. And we call back to this house every single one that belongs, Lord. We call them back, Lord God, and we thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.